there, everybody. Welcome to episode 113 of the Finger Guns Podcast. How you doing? My name's Roscoe. Hello. I am joined this week by Toby Anderson. Well, hello there. Well, hi there, man. How's it going? <laughs> Is this how we have to talk the whole way through? Oh, you're darn shooting. Oh, um, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> One one or two sentences is my my limit on that one, I think. Man, I really turned on my game show voice then. I like it. <laughs> it's been a while since I've used that. How are you? Uh, I'm really good, thanks. Um, I started a new job today. Hey, how did it go? It went all right. Yeah. Good. Not got to do a lot in your first day, to no. be honest. It's all inductions for a week. I don't have to do very much yet. Sweet. It's good. <laughs> nice, nice. Mr. Miles Thompson. Ahoy, hoy. How's it going, buddy? Not too bad, thank you. How are you, Ross? Oh. <laughs> I'm getting in there early. Oh, shut up, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much for asking. You're most welcome. Miles is my favorite person this week. <laughs> Thus far. <laughs> Suck it, Toby. <laughs> Cat. Well, hello. hello. Hi, hello. how are you, man? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm good. I probably sound a little bit ratchet and clanky because I've been poorly, but I'm better now. So can you do an impression of Clank? No, because I'm not that smart. Okay. <laughs> He's way smarter than me. I just sound like, uh, no. I was really trying it whilst I was playing through Rift Apart. I was like, oh dear. <laughs> oh dear, these are my possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've ruined it, Ratchet. Oh, yeah. Ratchet. I'm trying. <laughs> and I love how River calls him Bolts. That's just so great. She's like, yeah. shut up, Bolts. Yeah. <laughs> River rules. Um, you're feeling better now, though, because you were a little yes. bit poorly. Yes, yeah, feeling better, thank you. Um, yeah, all good. And finally, amused by this entire operation, Mr. Sean Davies. Sorry, um, you took me by surprise there for some reason. I should have expected myself to come next. Yeah. I was taking a mouthful of Professor Peppy. Oh, how's that? Oh, it's like Dr. Pepper, except it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Peppy. <laughs> Professor um, Peppy or Dr. Pepper, which is better? <laughs> Uh, both of them are very misunderstood Um, (laughs) I'm very well thank you Roscoe how are you I'm very well thank you for asking am I at least liked as much as as Miles at this point now Oh, you've always been my favourite Sean you know that bollocks you've been there since day one buddy you're always there for me man (laughs) Um, yeah it's been a wonderful week of football has it not thoroughly enjoying the Euros it's been glorious I actually watched the football me too you did is it coming home, Tobe? Do you think we're going to beat Denmark? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the optimism. <laughs> it's not that. I just don't have any clue about football whatsoever. So, well, you've seen like you've seen you know the Denmark's tactical play. What do you think they're going to do against England in order <laughs> to break down our defense? Denmark's tactical play. I'm so excited for this answer. <laughs> I'm looking uh, for an answer, Tobes. Come on, bring all, all I know is that one of them had a heart attack or something, and he wasn't playing for a while. Uh, yeah, Christ- very tactical. Uh, Christian Eriksen, uh, yeah, collapsed on the Christian pitch Eriksen, on the first game of the Euros. Yeah, yeah, that's all I know about Denmark. I'm afraid. Um, I know a few of our players' names now. <laughs> Go on, there's a lot of Harrys. There's a <laughs> hell of a lot of Harrys on that team. There are. And yeah. I want, I want seven of the eleven, Toby. Go on. Oh God. Uh, okay. Shaw. Yeah. Uh, Maguire. Yeah. Kane. Yeah. Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. Pickford. Yeah. See you to go. Oh, shit. <laughs> Come on. Oh, uh, Sterling. Yes. yes. One more. Come on. Damn it. I can't think of another one. 
I really can't. Come on. You know, Toby, you were so close to graduating from the guy from the eight crowd. <laughs> so close. <laughs> well done for kicking that goal, uh, guys. It was all of the ones that kicked the ball and that I noticed because their names came up. What about the name of the one that's saving all the children? Uh, Rashford. There he is. He's got seven, yes. ladies and gentlemen. That's it. That's well it. done. Oh, I, I was thinking, he, I was thinking he, didn't, he didn't really play much. He only came on at the end. He did, but he's still part of the team. Okay. Just about. He just didn't play much. I was like, Sir Rashford's coming on. Oh. <laughs> he's yeah. a great mascot. He is. He should be on the sides. He should be playing. But uh, I say that as a Man United fan, as someone who has watched him all season and gone, nope. Came out of the England squad. <laughs> I feel like if Greg were on right now, he'd be hissing at me. Yeah, this is why I'm asking you. If he was here, we would have been moved along by now, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, you just hear sure. a very loud and ignorant yawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greg's not here because it is his birthday. So happy birthday, Greg. I hope you happy had a wonderful birthday. day. I know you're not listening to this, but fuck it. Happy birthday. Right, let's move on to our game of the week. Mr. Toby Anderson, kick it off with your football knowledge and your gaming knowledge. What, a, what an episode you're having already. Your game of the week. <laughs> uh, nothing to do with football, thankfully. Um, so my game of the week is Scarlet Nexus, which came out a week and a day ago or something when we were recording this. I'm really, really pleasantly surprised by how good Scarlet Nexus has actually been. Um, so you'll know, um, or the guys will know that the recent selection of games that I've sort of been most excited about have have generally not panned out all that well. Um, and I'm looking at you, Biomutant. Um, the, however, we've finally got to a point where one of them has uh, been as good as I wanted it to be. So Scarlet Nexus is a sort of anime overload in game form. Um, it is every anime trope and cliche you can probably think of, uh, or at the same time as being a relatively grey, you know, lots of lots of greys in a rather than black and white storyline. Um, and it's all about a bunch of superpowered teenagers who save the world from these weird creatures called others that are like part organic and part inanimate objects, and they look really freaky and weird. Um, and yeah, it just tells this incredible story. But um, it kind of gets rid of most of its RPG mechanics and just sort of streamlines those into you level up, you get stronger and nothing else. You don't really have to deal with like materia or items or equips or anything like that very much. Um, and then it just concentrates everything on combat. Everything is about the combat system, which is as clever and, but at the same time, completely RPGified sort of thing of um, Devil May Cry sort of. You've got lots and lots of melee attacks. You can throw, um, or, you know, lots of debris and uh, items that, you know, like there might be a traffic light or a, or a bit of boulder or something that you just pick it up with r2 and you just hurl it at the enemy with um your psychokinesis powers and to be honest doing that in the middle of a you know a melee combo is quite satisfying um you can do a whole bunch of different combos where you bring your teammates in and you can use all their superpowers at the same time and i was just like this is the superpower combat system i wanted from avengers this is the superpower combat system that they all should have it's really really fun um it's got a huge amount of sort of on the fly decision making and it doesn't matter how equipped you were or how well you dealt with your stats because as I say all that stuff's really streamlined it's all on the fly decision making combat and it's really really fun um so yeah I've been very very happy with that it's also massively long it's got about 30 hours per playthrough and you basically have to play the game twice because you have to play it through as 
the bloke and then you have to play it through as the girl so you've got girl, uh, a guy called Yuito and a girl called Kasane and they go through this whole storyline but from different angles and they become like the antagonists of each other's storylines as you go um, so you spend one storyline just thinking the other one is a complete asshat and then you go through their storyline and you're like no I was the asshat beforehand and then you just <laughs> it just completely changes your mind about it it's actually quite a clever story um so yeah I'll, I'll leave it at that it was um it was really really fun and I've still got a good portion of the second playthrough to go cool have you seen the live action trailer for Scarlet Nexus live action no yeah I've seen an anime trailer I watched, it comes up on YouTube when I'm on there. It has done this okay. week anyway. And I had absolutely no idea what it was until the very, very end. And it looks really cool. I'll have so to give it a look. I might have to, I might have to give it a, give it, give it a little nudge. There was no gameplay footage in it whatsoever. So I was like, I don't know what this is, but it sounds dope. And it was Scott and next. Like, oh, okay. Toby's enjoying that. Well, if you like your RPGs, but you know, if you, if you enjoyed Final Fantasy, seven remake for example it's that but very very streamlined and you know mm. much more accessible to newbies okay cool i like that i like the sound of that uh miles thompson your game of the week mine is sadly not quite as good as toby's is but mine is curved space um the game which i have reviewed for the site um and it's a kind of twin stick kind of space set um kind of arcadey type shooter um so you're in like this little kind of spaceship and you basically roam around these kind of maps and the whole kind of gimmick of it is that the maps kind of like all intertwine in on themselves so you can like um go over like a ramp or something and it'll like flip you over like 180 degrees and suddenly you're like upside down and then that becomes a normal and then like each kind of turn you take kind of does the same thing so it's quite disorientating and it's quite like um chaotic um, i hate using the word chaos now it's like triggering after that final fantasy origins thing um <laughs> chaos <laughs> chaos um so yeah the idea is that you kind of just roam around these maps there are these kind of digital kind of otherworldly spider type things that kind of attack you they come in kind of different forms and sizes um and the nice thing is that there's plenty of different weapons to destroy them with um you've got kind of blasters lasers pulses i think there's flamethrowers and all sorts of stuff and they've got some quite creative ones as well i don't know if um any of you remember from dead space but there was that kind of saw blade weapon where you kind of fire it right in front of you and then you kind of like walk into the enemies with it and it's got like a similar weapon in there as well which was wicked to use um and yeah it's got quite a few different modes um there's a campaign mode which takes about an hour to two hours to complete depending on the difficulty level um it says survival arena and endless modes so it's got quite a lot of content in it um i think my only real kind of things about the game which i put in the review is that i had a unfortunate campaign ending glitch for me with one of the the final bosses um and then yeah just the kind of action doesn't quite get as adrenaline fueled as you guys know I, I quite like my twin stick shooters of you know kind of alienation and hell divers and ruiner but it just doesn't quite capture that kind of you know edgy seat you're just about scraping by like it's really adrenaline fueled it doesn't quite get there um but there's plenty of good stuff in there i think it's well worth a little shout if you do like twin stick shooters um but just go into it knowing it's not perfect but it's it's good i enjoyed it nice nice yeah i've heard good things so i'm glad that it's uh reaching the right audience and twin stick shooters are always fun so well worth a look if you want to check it out that's curve space uh only cats your game of the week my game of the week now that i've uh, finished ratchet and clank um hey, I've gone back nice hey i know thank you i platinumed it a couple of days ago when i was poorly Ooh, what um, was your got... final trophy just out of interest 
that you, that you went uh, for? My final trophy. Oh my god, what was it? It was the um. Oh, it took me ages to get, and I can't even. I've gone blank now. Um. Oh, what was my final trophy? I think I you have... messaged me t- telling me about it. it was like the shield or something that you had to do that was driving you mad. Oh my god, yeah, it was. It was the shield. It was the shield one where you had to um the you had to bounce <clears> back <throat> the ammo. That was exactly the same for me. Oh my god, why did that take so long for me? I was such a dick of a trophy to get. Infuriated me. I got to like the fourth world on the second playthrough, and I was like, "Why am I this far into the game?" On the second, I have Mm. a real bugbear about kind of um, games that lock trophies into New Game Plus arbitrarily. That annoys me. Uh, Mars Morales does it as well, and I like fine, fair enough. And actually, to be fair, it's a great game, so I mean, fine, I can forgive it, but you know, Mm. irks my irk. Anyway, <laughs> so I finished that, um, and I have gone back from my backlog. I have a big backlog of PS Plus games, games that I just have this like weird little addiction where I um, haul a bunch of games like most months, like maybe one every once every couple of months. I'll spend like a hundred quid on games that are on offer because I'm like, oh, that's a good deal. Oh, that's a good deal. And I'll just impulsively accidentally spend a hundred hundred quid, and I won't have that hundred quid, but I will have it in my mind. Um, so I've gone back from my trophy log, and I've started Control um so that's my game of the week this week um and i know that i'm i know i get it i'm slow i get that i'm already slow in real life anyway so i'll be slow at games too and um yeah so i've i've obviously missed the hype train for control because obviously it had a lot of hype back in the day um i say back in the day it was like last year but (laughs) it wasn't like 30 years ago yeah control is a real retro game though (laughs) well it might as well be you know about chugging out games that that consoles do but um yeah i started that it is almost on the line of too creepy though like i i'm no suck i'm you know i won't be ashamed to admit that i am a sucker for anything a little bit scary and if i'm on my own with headphones it just reaches the line of too much adrenaline just it's just enough anymore because like i know what i'm walking into when i walk into those creepy red rooms i know it i know it's gonna scare shit out of me and it does <laughs> um so just enough i think any more and i would be like no see ya and i'd run around but yeah so that's uh yeah i really like it i'm really enjoying it it's i'm not really a massive fan of first person shooters really and that is i guess you could call it a first person shooter i guess i I mean it's definitely a third person it's definitely a first person person. yeah my bad third person (laughs) i'm still poorly third person (laughs) not first person but you know what i mean like just like cod can't yeah. control yeah. just like cod yeah, exactly yeah, like absolutely COD. yeah Pretty much the same game to be honest yeah mm-hmm. and you get the zombies and you have to get the chest no i'm kidding um <laughs> and then you have the little mystery little box no yeah third person shooter my bad um yeah well i don't like shooters anyway so shooter shooter yeah but i like it it's great it's actually really yeah. nice it's, it's, it's a good game it's good exploration i've only really just gotten into the first couple of hours of it um i know we'll be talking about it a little bit more later uh so yeah i'm glad i jumped on that bandwagon to be honest with you yeah, it's awesome. I imagine playing it in headphones because the creepiest thing for me was yeah. slowly moving around the people that are floating in the air. Yeah. And all you can hear is, yeah, that's that's what I mean. That's why I mean it's just enough creepy. That's why I can't, I can't, mm. can't deal with it. It's, it's, yeah. So it's when I be first okay. came across that, I know. I just need someone to hand me some pants every so often. <laughs> uh, okay. If anybody wants to, please write into Finger Guns HQ. <laughs> <laughs> the supply um, of just extra yeah. pants. Or hit me up on Twitter, hashtag only cats. <laughs> when she doesn't give away her pants, she asks for yours. Yeah. <laughs> to wear, because I've piddled on mine. <laughs> it's not something I expected. 
us to go into, but sure, if you want to provide us any underwear for cat, <laughs> you get in get touch. Someone posting their oh, underwear. Oh, someone is now. definitely going to. Someone oh, is definitely okay. going to. Oh, Lord. Uh, Sean Davies, your game of the week. Oh, my God. I'm so out of breath. While I was on mute there, I was just uh, whisking some stuff. <laughs> what? What? Packing some underpants into a, into an envelope. What has happened I think. to this podcast? Ah. So my, my wife's making Scottish tablet, and part of the the thing is that you need to whip it really, really good. Oh my god! Okay. Fuck. Right. <laughs> what is the real thing he's been up to? What has he really been doing? Mm. <laughs> he's just a terrible explanation. He's, he's taking his pants off really, really quickly, shoved it in an envelope, and <laughs> yeah. like, only cats. I'll be honest with you, I've been sitting here like giggling to myself while whisking this stupid freaking solution. Anyway. I will save cats. Katie, get me my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> right. My game of the week. Um, my game of the week is called Where the Heart Leads. It's from Armature Studio, who did Recall, and they ported lots of games to lots of other studios. It comes out on PS4 on the 13th of July. I'm allowed to talk about the first two hours of the game, uh, up until release date, when there is an embargo. It's a very cool-looking narrative game. It looks like dreamlike. It's about a character called Wit, who wakes up one morning on his farm there's been some kind of like accident, everything's shaking, trees are falling down, and he finds a giant sinkhole in his garden. The dog, the family dog, has fallen into the sinkhole, and Wit tries to rescue this dog and falls into this sinkhole. And as he gets to the bottom of the sinkhole, then he starts to kind of reminisce about things within his life. And this whole game, so like the environment and everything starts to change as you move through it and you start to see his memories and you visit old parts of his life. And it's a narrative-based decision game. And, you know, a lot of games say the decisions matter. And I've yet to see that these um, these will, in fact, have a decision because I'm only two hours into the game at this point. But some of the decisions are really tough to make. And... The, the, this, cat, this cast of characters isn't like an outlandish group of characters. It's not a crazy group of like superheroes right? and like you normally get in these like narrative-based games. These are really down-to-earth characters and the decisions feel small, but you could see what kind of impact they might have. So it's it's an interesting game and I'm really looking forward to where it goes. I'm very looking forward to reviewing it and get, you'll be able to read the review on the 13th of July. Cool. What about you, Ross? What's your game of the week? My game of the week, um, I'm going to uh, be a little bit, you know, a bit, bit, bit naughty here and say, um, it's exactly the same as it was last week because uh, I finally finished it. Um, so I'm going to re-mention the Sea of Thieves, uh, a Pirate's Life content because um, I beat it this week and it is absolutely bloody wonderful. I don't know if I can call it my game of the year so far because it's, you know, additional content added to a three-year-old game. But nothing has brought me as much joy as playing that final tall tale in the game, going up against Davy Jones with Captain Jack by my side. It was just pure joy. And what it did more than anything was remind me that Rare are absolutely fantastic. And they have been for pretty much my entire gaming life. And... It gave me Banjo vibes and it gave me Diddy Kong Racing vibes and 
cameo elements of power, all those classic rare things that you remember them making back in the day. And I feel like they haven't been around for a while because Sea of Thieves isn't really a story-based game, but when they can tell a story and when they have like the unlimited reign to do it as they did here, it becomes something really, really special. And, you know, it's it's about about 10 hours worth of content. So it's pretty meaty for, you know, stuff that they just threw into a game. And God, I loved it so much. Sean, I highly recommend. I think you personally really, really enjoy it. The problem is I hate Sea of Thieves. That is the issue I had also. But when it's actually story-based, when, when there's a point to everything, I think the, the biggest issue with Sea of Thieves is that there's no real point to it. You just go out and do stuff. Whereas here, it's all contained and concentrated. And so you have a mission. And so I think that's what makes it so interesting and fun. Okay. And I might give it to the coming. The, the problem is I have sunk at least 20 hours into Sea of Thieves as a base game and done nothing. Yeah, well, that's, that's it, isn't that Sea of Thieves? You just go out and get treasure and come back. And that's pretty much the but game. I, I haven't even been able to do that because I'm on my own. I just get my ass handed to me all the frigging time. Well, well I'll just just give me a... Not, man, I will, I will sell the seas with you and we can do a pirate slave together. But that would mean us breaking the, the curse. I know, but it has to be done soon. <laughs> Imagine a bunch of friends playing games together. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will I will switch my Xbox on and get it downloaded, the content, it, and we shall we shall have a pirate's life. Yes, we will. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life. Oh god, I love it so much. I want to play it again. It's so much fun and rare. Deserve all the plaudits for it. It's great. Fair enough. Let's get into this week's quiz, Mr. Sean Davies. Are you done whisking? Are you ready for the quiz? I'm done whisking. I'm ready for the quiz. All right, let's go. If you've never done this before, go listen to another podcast. I explain the rules enough. Let's get on with the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you don't have, have to do a quiz. Up. You're too young to listen to the rest of this anyway. Okay. Have you got your hooters ready? Um, sorry? <laughs> yeah, I really <laughs> do. You heard. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, I want to hear Ross honking. What are your honks? Ah, phone. Is it, Son- is it Sonic related? That is Luigi from Mario Kart. Yes, okay. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I really need that in my life. Toby? <laughs> it's, it, that noise just disappears on my microphone as well. It does on mine, but I know Ross is not going to get any answers, so I don't really care. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Good luck. I heard it this time. I heard it this time. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, mine is this. Nice. Oh, that's nice. going to drown out. I hit it. I hit it. I can. Cat, mm. um, what's yours? They told us to stick to a theme, so I think you could probably guess. Hold on. Why are you not doing that? It just sounded like an error on my computer. Okay, Pikachu. Jesus. Oh, oh, oh my God. It's like only fans <laughs> Pikachu. I'll pick a different one. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. There we go. There we go. Okay. And Miles, what's yours? Was that loud enough? I don't think it was. I didn't hear a hear thing. No. Let me try that again. Oh, okay. Cool. Right. That's going to be easy enough. Okay, let's go. Question one. BJ Blaschkowitz is the protagonist of... <laughs> Ross? Wolfenstein. 
Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Miles Thompson. <laughs> okay, question two. In which PlayStation exclusive game do you visit Panama, Scotland, and Madagascar? Uh, Miles? Uncharted 4. Correct. Question three. The box art for Halo 5 features Master Chief and which other character? Oh, son of a bitch. Toby? Cortana. No. Uh, Ross? Uh, Guardian Man. <laughs> I could have done that. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, anyone else? But he gets Guardian Man, then I should get Guy with Gun. You know, as, <laughs> as a guest. <laughs> anyone else? Oh, I can't remember his name either. Is it okay. Carter? <laughs> no. Um, the answer is Spartan Lock. Oh, he's shit anyway. Meh. Okay, question four. Which 2014 game features a lead character called Red, who wields a talking sword? Miles? Transistor. Correct. Question five. Which 2013 game stars characters called Grendel, the Crooked Man, and Big B. Wolf? <gasps> Miles? The Wolf Among Us. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to come back to you in a bad way, Miles. I yeah, know it is. I'm making enemies now. Okay, question six. 2012's Spec Ops The Line was set in which city? Miles? Dubai. Correct. Question seven. The last mainline driver game, which released in 2011, was set in which city? Roscoe? San Francisco? Correct. Yeah. Question eight. The following is a quote from which 2010 game? Well, look at you, a bonafide knight in armor, complete with an iron horse. The name's Augustus Sinclair Sport Esquire. Cool. Love them tumbleweeds. <laughs> Greg would have got this. Come on. <laughs> Greg would have got every oh. single one so far. Ross? Did you say Augustus Sinclair? I did. Bioshock. Oh, so close. Bioshock 2. Bioshock 3. Bioshock, Bioshock 2. <laughs> Hold on, Toby. You got the points. Oh, yeah. fuck off. You got it. <laughs> uh, question nine. Alex Mercer is the lead character from which 2009? Miles. Prototype. Correct. I just noticed I have the power to mute anyone. Because I'm the host. <laughs> I feel like I'm in danger. I'm in danger. <laughs> Question 10. The 2008 JLPG Lost Odyssey released as an exclusive for which console? Miles? Oh, sorry, Toby. Xbox One. Xbox 360. <laughs> Xbox 360. <laughs> you didn't buzz, Miles. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Xbox Cat? 360. Correct. Well, I buzzed way before Cat did. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roscoe, you specifically stated we had to buzz before we answered. And I, I buzzed, buzzed before, before I that. <laughs> <laughs> I can only go on what I hear. Right, someone's getting muted. Question 11. Mute me, please. <laughs> Question 11. Which 2007 game acts as the sequel to the 1992 Hong Kong action film Hard Boiled and stars John Woo? Roscoe? Stranglehold. 
Correct. Oh, nice. Shut up, Mas. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, I guess. Shut up, Mars, you patronizing bitch. Stop trying to get on my good side by being nice. Wow. No one cares how you are, Miles. Wow. brings out the worst in all of you. Question <laughs> 12. Which 2006 game introduced the world to the Third Street Saints? Roscoe? Saints Room. Correct. Question 13. In January 2019, Bungie terminated their contract with which publisher? Roscoe? Activision. Correct. Ooh, this is going to be close. Question 14. The infamous 2018 flop The Quiet Man was published by which company? Roscoe? Square Enix. Correct. Question 15. The following is a quote from which 2018 game? We're thieves in a world that don't want us no more. Ross? Sea of Thieves? No. No. Cat? Uh, the Black Flag? It's not. Oh. Toby? Uh, thief. No. Oh. <laughs> also a good answer. I see a theme where it's emerging here. <laughs> Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. 2018. <laughs> I know. I'm just going oh. with the thief angle. <laughs> uh, Miles? Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh. Correct! God damn it. Question 16. Luigi's girlfriend, Princess Daisy, has what colour eyes? <laughs> Greg? No. Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Roscoe? Brown? Incorrect. Bollocks. Damn blast. I think it was Cat next. We're going to play this bloody game again, are we? Okay. Um... <laughs> Brown. It's too late, KB. No, it's too late. You're frozen up. Toby. Green. Incorrect. Right. Miles. Blue. Blue's correct. Come on, that I'm not playing this again when I'm poorly. That's a fucking phenomenal. Oh, Ross, oh, if you that. end up losing because of that one, that's going to be banter. <laughs> well, you can just suck every dick tonight, Miles. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Question 17. On June 15th, 2021, Atari released which micro console? Wow. This was like a couple of weeks ago. Well, it looks like. <laughs> okay, I'm going to count down from five and then I'm just going to give no one the point. Five, four. I've got to can see it. I can't I can remember see what it. it's called. Yeah. One. Okay. It was the Atari BCS. No. Oh, that wasn't my answer. That's why it's, it just run, runs off the tongue, that BCS. Yeah, of course it is, yeah. <laughs> mm. Question 18. Which Battle Royale game sold more than 30 million copies during its early access phase? <laughs> Ross? Oh, I thought I was first. Um, G. Correct. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Question 19. Boxing star Anthony Joshua starred as a playable character in which 2020 game? Fuck. Uh, Toby? Boxing 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Olympic Boxing 2020. Ross? Was it UFC 4? Nope. Oh. Uh, Miles? Was it UFC 5? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Kath, it's all up to you. I mean, 
your guess is as good as anyone's really. Make a guess. <laughs> it can't be as bad as mine. Um, um, no, 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 no. no. Uh, MMA 2020. Uh, no, it was FIFA 21. What? What? Oh. FIFA? I even <laughs> own that as well. You're doing on FIFA. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. Question 20. Which classic, classic action movie star was added to the roster of Mortal Kombat 11 in October 2020? <laughs> Toby? Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. What? I buzzed boy before. Miles, I swear to God. Ross, I swear to God, Miles. There, wasn't he? Ross? Bruce Lee. No. Cat. <laughs> no, it was Miles next door. Oh, it was. Oh, I know. Sylvester was... Stallone. No. What? Because I'm asking which classic action movie star. As in the character, not oh. the actor. Oh, no. Okay, fair. <laughs> Wait, I still got to get you all frozen out. Rocky. <laughs> Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Rocky. <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> I'm not even going to blend that on being on well. That's just stupid. That's just brilliant. That one. <laughs> <laughs> for the other what a quiz this has oh, been. Oh. Okay, right. Let's count them up. Ross got one. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Ooh. Miles got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh. Seven. Oh. <laughs> sudden death question. I haven't got a sudden death question. <laughs> okay, I got a sudden death question. What's the second highest? Selling game of all time. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Correct. Well yeah. done. Miles wins. <laughs> I believe that counts. Ross is going to boo yes. you out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally getting booed immediately. I'm, I'm so sorry. angry at my fucking peach. My Daisy question. <laughs> oh, uh, Miles, can you unmute, please? I want to kick you off the podcast. <laughs> oh, please, please do. <laughs> I've had my moment in the sun now. I'm, I'm happy to, to be kicked. Well, it was nice to know you, Miles. It's been a pleasure, team. Thank you very much for having me. It's a dictatorship, isn't it, on here? You get kicked off if you... It's like Just Dance. Totalitarian. (laughs) Well done, Miles. (laughs) Thank you, Ross. Well played. You could not have sounded... I thought you were your favourite person, Ross. Well done, Miles. I don't think I am anymore. Well done, Miles. (laughs) He's really ruined any goodwill that he may have built up in that time. (laughs) By shredded. By not even buzzing, just shouting. This is a, this is cheating. That's not the rules of the quiz. But apparently, Sean doesn't even fucking care anymore. So, what are we even doing here? Maybe <laughs> like a damn fiddle. I think damn. my favourite bit was when he really sort of he said he said Greg like that, like <laughs> he was so bored and he just knew Greg would get it right. Greg, can <laughs> save here. us, please. <laughs> and Greg's always saying, "You say my name in such a sort of bored way." No, it's just that he's just so dependable. <laughs> right, I'm going. Well done, guys. Well done, Miles. Thank you, thank you. Hard-earned win. Right. Well, let's get into some news then, shall we? Fuming. Right. Let's get into how I got vowels for you. And we've got a few things to get into this week. 
such as which prolific game developer is apparently working with Xbox? Don't rush at once, guys, please. That would be Mr. Hideo Kojima. Thank but you very we much. We don't know for sure, do we? I mean, no, this is this is not confirmed, but apparently they have some kind of deal in place um, with, with the aim to secure a publishing agreement. And that's about as much as, as much information as we currently have. Are there as many clues on this one as there are about abandoned? Uh, no, no, this one <laughs> seems pretty straightforward. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, you know, there's always been that long history between Kojima and PlayStation. Um, Phil Spencer once again making moves. Um, what do we think about this? What do we think uh, Kojima's next move is? And do you think this is just another power play by Xbox to get a bit of Kojima? goodness on their console i mean it would make sense wouldn't it the was um death stranding correct me if i'm wrong was that exclusive for a while uh yeah it hasn't it's not on xbox yet. it's still exclusive yeah mm-hmm. okay so it's still exclusive it would make perfect sense for them to want to get their own version of a death stranding exclusive um kojima game you know if it was the silent hills game they would go you know they, they would move you know, those nine billion pound mountains that they've moved to buy other studios, they'd be like, Kojima, just, you know, here's however many billions, bring your new startup company and make it one of the Microsoft studios. Why not? Why not? Microsoft have got the money to throw at Game Pass, even if it's, I read recently that they think it might be losing money at the moment, but who knows with these things. Um, If if they've got the money, why not? Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, Game Pass probably is losing money, I'd imagine. It's got to, isn't it, surely? Who knows? I mean, the amount of people who are sort of taking the piss with it, like, you know, getting their uh, three months for $1 and then doing that again and again and again, Mm. um, it can't be getting the full, you know, $15 or £10 or whatever it is every single month that it it would actually need to keep going. And they they claim that it gets... um, it, it makes more sales for the games that are on it in the first place. So it, it, it's a strange thing where you just you just have to believe different lines, don't you? Anyway, that's beside the point. If Kojima's on it, then everyone will flock to Game Pass and be like, I want to get there to play the game and play it for free, essentially. Play it under my subscription. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is, again, like we said, there isn't a confirmation of this yet, but at its most basic level, a letter of intent is just that, a letter where two or more parties indicate their intent to enter into a more formed agreement, and that's about as far as it currently is right now. Um, Sean, what do you make of this, of uh, Hideo Kojima seemingly kind of jumping ship with uh, Kojima Productions? Um, I'm not entirely sure, I believe. So I get the feeling that this letter of intent uh, is getting blown out of proportion because... I get the feeling it might be to do with Death Stranding. So I get the feeling that Phil Spencer might be trying to woo Kojima to publish Death Stranding on Xbox. And I don't think it's anything more than that, to be honest, because I think Kojima is so embedded within, because I, I don't know if you remember, but he basically, he he toured all of Sony's facilities. He set up a little satellite studio outside of uh, Gorilla in Holland. I think he's so entrenched within Sony that I think it doesn't make much sense for him to go with another publisher for the next game. Saying that, I imagine Microsoft would be writing whatever kind of blank check that Kojima would want because they really need to break Japan and they are still not doing it, even with Game Pass. 
So it will be interesting. Uh, I don't, I'm not taking much notice of this just yet because we don't know anything. This letter of intent could be, yes, you can publish Death Stranding on Xbox and that might be it. Mm. Until we know more, I don't know. You know, Kojima wasn't forthcoming with anything during the E3, during the Summer Game Festival. He said there was going to have to be a long, you know, going to be a wait for whatever's next. And I don't know where that's going to be, you know? Yeah. So Sony are, are obviously going to write another blank check and Microsoft would likely do too. So he's got the pick of a letter, whatever he wants to go. Sure. Uh, Kat, what do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, I wondered it as well if it was just the Death Stranding thing as well. I don't know what to believe about Kojima anymore. There's so much flying around. <laughs> he must, his ears must be burning because of all the rumours about the indie game and all of this Death Stranding director's car and then him potentially jumping ship to Xbox. He's had such a long partnership with Sony. He could do it. And like Sean was saying, everybody would go with him. You know, that might be the game changer for a lot of people to get an Xbox, to to move over to to Game Pass. I know that it probably would be for Miles. Um, But um, yeah, so I mean, he, he could probably click his fingers and get what he wants it would be his choice it wouldn't i don't even think it would be down to like someone said i don't think it'd be down to money i think it would be blank check go wherever you want to i'll see you there um but i don't know what to believe about kojima i think until he comes out with something which he probably will do in the most extravagant way um he'll announce it somehow he'll mic drop the news somehow whatever news it is you know it's never going to be quiet if, if it's true about kojima is it so sure um yeah so i guess we'll we'll wait and see and obviously they're in talks obviously you know it would do xbox i mean xbox have already got it pretty good with game pass but i mean it would probably definitely give them a good competitiveness you know a real real strong lead in the game if kojima went exclusive to xbox yeah for sure uh mars is cat right would you jump ship if uh, the next kojima game was exclusive to game pass I mean, I am a massive Kojima fan, um, but I'm kind of mixed on this news. I think I'm kind of inclined with Sean of, I don't think he will be doing his own game just with Xbox, because if I remember rightly, Death Stranding used the Guerrilla engine, which is obviously an in-house Sony one. Um, And I think Sony helped fund and set up his whole Kojima Productions thing and obviously funded Death Stranding. So I just think to go from that to suddenly then jumping ship completely just seems a bit too far. And like Sean said, he's had a massive history. He's always been a big advocate for Sony and PlayStation. So I don't see him quite kind of going all in with Microsoft. Um, But I do think there might be legs to bring in Death Stranding to Xbox because he's done that with the whole Metal Gear series before where, you know, originally they were all exclusives um up until a certain point and then he's kind of brought a lot of them back on to xbox through the kind of retro collections and then just starting to release the multi-platform which i personally think is a good thing i think the more people that can play these games the better um and i think with death stranding although he is a very good director in what he does and he has a very niche community who follow him very loyally like me i don't think he's actually that universally liked i think he's well known but I think there are lots of people in the gaming world who don't like his games because they're not really games all the time. Um, and I don't think it would be a massive blockbuster for Microsoft in the way that I think some of the other acquisitions they've made would be. Um, so I'm erring more on the side of he's probably doing you know, something to help bring 
you know death stranding there or he might be doing a project with them but i it might be a timed exclusive or something like that i just can't imagine mm. he's going to go fully in with microsoft um but like i said you know if he is doing something with them and it is exclusive i would be very tempted to jump in because i like everything he does and i'm i buy into his way of making games even though i know it's definitely not for everyone yeah yeah i mean i don't think i've ever beaten a kojima game i'm trying to think i never i never no, i never played death stranding um it just looked it just looked too out there for me i just didn't have the patience for that kind of thing yeah it's a very like particular kind of game you have to go into mm. it of a mindset of you're not going to play this like you play a regular game um but i found myself really addicted to it i think i ended up getting the platinum i spent dozens of hours in it and it was quite like a zen game for me like one of the few games i played and i never got stressed i was never on edge it was just a really nice game to play if that makes sense yeah and i got into a really good rhythm with it but for a lot of people i know they absolutely hated it and got bored of it within like a few hours mm. it must be fun to play like a game which is just like five minutes between cutscenes. Yeah, the thing is, if you go back to like Metal Gear Solid 2, like in comparison to that, Death Stranding is positively like filled with gameplay. Um, <laughs> you know, his his mm. older games, if you go back to them now, it's literally like 10 minutes. I think Metal Gear Solid 4, I did a speed run of it when I was doing like the hardest difficulty and I finished it in just under three hours, just over three hours. And my original playthrough when I watched all the cutscenes clocked in at like 14 hours, which kind of shows you like, just how much game there isn't in his games or how little game there was in his past games um but yeah i think, I think um it back a bit i think death stranding is one of those games that i haven't played it either yet russ and i think to myself I, I don't really want to get into the really really long walking simulator with gameplay that i probably won't enjoy that much it's mm. it's kind of the thing that might sell me on watching a streamer go all the way through it do you know what i mean like i yeah. very rarely will watch a game instead of playing it myself it's it's something i've almost never seen the the appeal of doing but as i get a bit older and as i'm looking at life after having a baby i'm like yeah i ain't got time to play death stranding but i'd love to know the story you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, sure so yeah, it's one of those so things i'd I really think... kind of want to watch oh, sorry, that's all right no you go ahead I was going to say, actually, I've had a few people kind of say this and then they've kind of tried it. And I think actually in from like a lot of games that we play nowadays, they're like really demanding on time and attention and you have to like yeah. stick with it really consistently. This game, you kind of don't. You can actually kind of drop in and the gameplay is like it's more involved than it looks is what I'll say. It looks like it is walking from A to B and that is the objective. But I the appreciate point- there's a lot more to it. Yeah, because yeah. there's been that that walking stuff involves a huge amount of extra of actual <laughs> gameplay. That's the trouble. But it is you, you're if you're watching it, you're still walking. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, you're yeah. playing it, you feel like you're doing so much more. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to to try it and see. You know, is this for me? But I just can't commit to it at the moment, and I'm still waiting for that day when it appears on PS Plus. I think I think this director's cut will actually appear on PS Plus personally. Yeah, I think you might mm. be right. And, I and think that's when I'll finally play it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's worth a shout. If you can get it on deal or get it free or something and you're not sure, you know, give it a go. But um, yeah, there is, it looks like it should be really boring, but I found it really wasn't. Like I got myself really involved into it. Um, but yeah, I think it's worth giving a go if you're interested. And the story is mental, but it's it's worth investing into. Mm. That sounds about right for Kojima. Man, we talk about Kojima a lot, don't we? Yeah, the last it's few just, weeks, it's just, just replacing. Sek- news, isn't it? It's just replacing Sekiro. Ah, <laughs> oh, you said the S word. <laughs> oh, there it is again. Uh, 
talking of uh, PS5 director's cuts, uh, what is due in August? A baby. Yay! Wait, what? <laughs> uh, is yes. baby not due in August? No, yes, it's due in, due in September. So close. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the the other baby, clearly. The, uh, the Plague Tale Innocence. Uh, no, that's due tomorrow. That's due tomorrow. What about Ghost Which of Tsushima? Case, Thank I you, Cam. Ghost of way Tsushima. Off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, um, last week we were theorizing about the Ghost of Tsushima DLC, whether it be packed in and a standalone thing. It turns out it's part of a director's cut, which is coming out on August the 20th and due on PS5 with a bunch of fancy goodness. Um, now, the weird thing is about this, it's coming out as it's coming out as a physical and digital thing. But if you want the content, I've already got the game. It's a little bit fiddly, so I'm going to try and go through it now. Um, so, right. If you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, you can pre-order an upgrade to the director's cut for £20. The upgrade will become available on August 20th. Starting on August 20th, if you bought the Director's Cut PS4, you'll be able to upgrade to the Director's Cut PS5 at any time for £10. You can also upgrade directly from the original Ghost of Tsushima PS4 to the Director's Cut on PS5 for £30. So, if you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, if you want all this extra content and all the shiny Director's Cut PS5, shiny 4K 60 frames per second goodness, it's going to cost an extra £30. And I think that is about it. What do we make of this upgrade scheme? Miles Thompson. I can't say I'm a big fan of the price, um, depending on how big the DLC is and the kind of changes they are making for PS5, but I think when you're having to release like a step-by-step guide on how to upgrade your version and you're putting in prices like that, I don't know, it kind of just puts me off. Um, I did really enjoy Ghost of Tsushima and I do want to play the DLC, but I'm not sure I'm willing to fork out another 30 quid for it um i think it'll be one of those that i'll be waiting for a, a bit of a sale or a deal on it before i jump into it mm. yeah that's uh, that's fair um cat i know you haven't played ghost yet does this um new director's cut make you want to jump in um yeah no it's on the backlog but i mean i said it last like, i think we all said it last week didn't we like we've got real beef with uh, dlcs that are maybe kind of hidden as kind of 0.5s or separate games and they are the price of a actual game and I guess like Miles said it completely depends on how big the second island is because you know if people already have like 4k tellies then oh, I said that really strangely then tellies then you know you're paying 30 quid for what is essentially the same game yes it will look beautiful but Ghost of Tsushima still looks beautiful yes. um, but I was actually going to say what Miles was going to say which uh, what Miles did say which was if you have to fiddle around with if you have this and then it will be this but if you have this then it'll be this then you can already guess that they have sat around a table and argued about this there has been some sort of argument somewhere where they've they've all gone and been like well no that's not fair and this is there so I don't know it doesn't make me want to jump in just yet I'll I'll probably it's on the backlog it's in it's on the list it definitely definitely entices me because there's more gameplay to it but it's already a massive game so I mean it's probably great for the fans and it is I think what's absolutely really really nice about it is that Ghost of Tsushima is not an old game and so if people have finished it they have absolutely stormed stormed it you know in x amount of time actually they've they've got a little bit more before maybe a second game comes out in a couple years and I think that's the only real pro to it of it coming out so soon is that people get that kind of more appetite for 
uh, a game that they might have really loved or enjoyed. Um, and I think that's clever. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, so on the fence not okay. a fan of the price but we'll see maybe i'll play it one day and i'll leak my hat <laughs> <laughs> uh sean you said last week that you dipped your toe to ghost but it kind of fell by the wayside does the director's cut make you want to kind of jump in with that price because yeah we both own it so we can upgrade a little cheaper than just buying it outright it, it has in fact having finished assassin's creed valhalla i was looking for my next like project game the, the stuff that i played between the reviews and it was going to be Ghost of Tsushima until this director's cut was announced. Oh. And I put it off. You know, I'm going I'm to wait till August 20th now. Um, mm. Because I'm not seeing this as paying for a visual upgrade. I feel like 30 quid for what I'm, what I'm led to believe is quite a substantial amount of DLC is going to be worth it. You know, because, I, you know, I've, I've spent 30 quid on a Assassin's Creed Valhalla season pass. And that was on sale. And, you know, those expansions are pretty big, but they are, are also very repetitive. So if if this expansion is what I think it's going to be, is going to be a decent-sized island with a variety of different stuff to do, then I, I see this as buying DLC rather than buying visual upgrades. And I'm okay with that, you know? And if it means that when I finally get to sit down and play this game properly and put my time into it, that I'm experiencing it with all the ray tracing and the 4K shininess, then that's all the better for it. Because let's be honest, that game is fucking astonishingly beautiful on the PS4. Mm. And I cannot wait to see what that looks like on a PS5. Yeah, it's going to look, uh, well, it's going to be something special for sure. Uh, Tobes, um, I know you're a big fan of Ghost. Um, how did this news uh, sit with you? Um, so I am pretty psyched with this. I'm down for more time with Ghost and more time with the really fun and sort of intricate fight system that is in that game. It's like a sort of, I, I don't want to say Souls-like or Souls-lite, it's not like that, but it's like a light version of a parry-based system, um, but you don't really have a stamina bar. And it teaches you the sort of same mechanics as you then need in things like Sekiro, like we just mentioned. Um, it was a really, really fun and sort of top four of the year for me uh, last year. So something where I can go back to it. And as Sean says, like, I wouldn't be there for 30 quid for visual upgrades. There's just no way. Like, I The game was already astonishingly beautiful. I don't actually see how a lot of the time with things that are 4K or when they start talking about 8K, I'm like, that's more than my eyes can even really register. So I won't notice the difference um so when they start saying you know it's gonna have ray tracing this and the other and the, the game was already astonishingly beautiful um i probably won't notice the upgrade i'll be looking at it and comparing it to my old photo mode shots and thinking yeah looks the same um so th that part will just pass me by but the fact that there's a whole you know like frozen wilds attached to it in this ikishima island um that's that's where I'm like, yeah, take my money. They are totally in for the ghost of Ikishima thing that we talked about the other day, which has now turned out to be this director's cut. So the new story, the new island, new enemy types, more stuff on the co-op and, and multiplayer. So maybe me and Greg can get back into that. I just rushed downstairs while you guys were talking to check I still had my copy and I do. I still have my copy of the PS4 version so hey. I, can, I can do it all for 30 quid. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really down for that. The story was great. The set pieces were great. I'd love more reasons to go and 
chase down a few more trophies in a in a world that I found just exceptional and and so incredibly well made. You rem you can <laughs> I'm sure you remember how how intricately into the history of it I got at one point as well. Was, you know, there's real samurai and Mongol history in there, and it's it's just incredibly well put together game. So yeah, more of it, yes, please. Excellent. Good. Well, all good all around then. Lovely stuff. Uh, right then, PlayStation have been shopping once again for a new developer, and this time they've got Nixies, which is a PC port that specialises... Uh, blah, 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 blah. They've bought Nixies, which is a developer that specialises in PC ports. But what does it all mean? I'm going to go to our tech legend, Sean Davies. Who are Nixies? Why is this special? Tell me. I don't know. Uh, Nixies, they are very good at making PC ports. Um, okay, good. <laughs> that's it. That's that's that's. Um, there is one very interesting tidbit about Nixies. They have worked almost exclusively with Square Enix for about a decade. So they did Avengers PC. They did Tomb Raider PCs. Um, they pretty much every PC version of a game coming from Square Enix uh, that hasn't been done by a Final Fantasy studio has been ported by Nixies. Ah, huh, interesting. You know, given given my thoughts about where Square Enix are going to end up and Sony, I just thought this was a very interesting tidbit. Yes, indeed. What do you think is uh, is cooking up there? Well, I mean, Nixies are obviously been bought in for PC ports for all the Sony games, so they don't have to dedicate in-house resources to um, porting these games to PC. So, you know, like the Uncharted game that they are supposedly working on a port for. Um, but also, I imagine if, you know, they do make any studio acquisitions moving forward, they have a, a studio ready built for any console game that they want to port over. It's, it's a brilliant acquisition that just means they can take the pressure off their own internal teams. Smart yeah. move. Absolutely. Um, PlayStation have also bought Housemark this week. And there was a there was a slip up by Sony Japan, was it? Sony Japan Twitter? Um, to announce that Bluepoint has also been bought, but that hasn't been confirmed by Sony yet. Uh, but that seems to be something that's kind of on the way as well. Uh, or potentially yeah. next. So I don't know if you've seen, but um, Bluepoint updated their Twitter to say totally independent game studio. Ooh. Um, there's a potential that this this was on the cards and this might have, this this slip up, might have nixed the entire thing. Interesting. Um, there's, you know, there's a potential that uh, there was talks going on, and Sony had already started putting together some PR work, and this was never supposed to see the light of day until the deal was all signed, sealed, and delivered. And Bluepoint got a bit put out by the fact that they'd already started putting PR stuff together. Mm. Um, but you know, it's. I hope the Bluepoint do get signed up because there are very talented studio that make very good remakes and remasters so yeah i mean the last the last two games have been exclusive to playstation haven't they they have and they've yeah. been they've both been game of the year contenders so yeah you know it's it's uh, going to be interesting what they do next if, hmm. if they do end up working for somebody else or sony just buy them outright absolutely um anyone got any thoughts on the uh acquisition of nixies before we move on I didn't know how to word this one. It's like, yay, they're making PC ports. Is this exciting to anyone? <laughs> it's less, gonna, that, would, that would be a negative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that as a, as a, no, Ross, no, it's not. Move on. 
there, there needs to be a discussion about the fact that people are pissed off to the fact that Sony have bought Nexus because it means more of their exclusive games are going to PC. Yeah, but it's been happening for a while now, isn't it? I don't care. I mean, yeah, just don't see why. No, I don't care. Though. More people get to play them, more people buy them, which means more funding for more of the games. Like, which, I don't... clearly, the only thing important there is that they don't go to Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> every you know, intelligent they, person. They all go to PC. <laughs> every intelligent person can see that this is a good thing. You know, more money for Sony, more games, more projects, better support, etc. It's just these trolls, these these weird folk online that think that because a game is going to another platform, it somehow devalues the machine they already own. Yeah, they just mm. need to get over it. I mean, please stop. If you're listening to this, thinking God, Nexus don't make any PC games, can you just go tie some bricks to your shoes or something? <laughs> Jesus. Walk. <laughs> yeah, that. That should yeah. be the caption. Buy yeah. both machines. Yes. Solves everything. Yeah. Go does. out there and buy a £3,000 PC just because you can. No, no, you don't need to buy the PC. You just buy an Xbox and a PlayStation and you're there. Mm. You're sorted, aren't you? Pretty much. And a Switch. And, you're done. and a Switch, yeah. I mean, why not? Why not, indeed? Why not? If, you, if it's your passion, then spend the money. Come on. Yep. So what would be due from PlayStation now? Because Horizons just hit Steam, as has Days Gone. Days Gone, Death Stranding as well, I believe. Is that right? I could be wrong about that. It definitely is going to PC. Is it out already? Death Stranding is already on PC. Yeah. Okay. So what? Yeah. So The Last of Us, Spider Man, possibly. I don't think Spider Man will. Hmm. Because uh, that I think what you've got to think is. Um, it's got to be a game which is currently not selling an absolute ton and isn't shifting PlayStations on its own. So we're probably looking at, you know, um, some of the older PlayStation games, maybe Wipeout or something like that. Oh, okay. It might so, do the Uncharted collection. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, no one's buying that out right now. It was given away as PlayStation Plus like six months ago, maybe a year ago. You know, why not sell that to a ton of people? It just makes sense. Yeah. It's like it's, it's why it's why they port these games like twelve months later. It's another boost of cash. I'd like to see uh, Ratchet run on a uh, a top end PC. Oosh. Can imagine it would look absolutely glorious. Uh, right then, finally, um, a game that we were discussing earlier, uh, Control apparently is getting a multiplayer game. Um, there seems to be two Control projects on the way, and. Um, yeah, a big multiplayer spin-off currently titled Project Condor and a bigger budget control game, which sounds a little bit further off, according to Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. Um, I'm going to throw this one uh, to Kat, who's currently in the middle of uh, control. Um, what do you think a control multiplayer could be? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm far enough in to decide it. They could do loads of stuff, couldn't they? They could do like a... They could do like a PvP. They could do, you know, everybody against the Hiss. They could play, you know, you could you could do asymmetrical and you could be the Hiss. You could, I think you could do a lot of stuff with control um, and the way it's, you know, the way it, it just runs and the, the way that it looks. And, you know, you could, you could almost have lots of different game modes as well, I reckon. I hope they do something creative of it because it is such a great concept. Um, or, yeah. Or I hope they don't just make it like a, you know, a cod-like, let's run around a 
bloody office and and shoot the hits i hope they do make it a little bit more exciting than that um that would be that would still be great it'd still be fine but i think it would be very boring very quickly um but that's me talking about shooters i mean maybe some people would be like yeah that actually sounds great um i think an asymmetrical thing would be super cool um i think that yeah i reckon they could go a lot of a lot of different ways with this and i hope they don't just stale it out to one different way it'll be interesting how they mm. do it though it will be interesting how they do it when is it due out does, does is it confirmed it still says it still says a way off uh so oh. yeah there's no real confirmation about it yet yeah um but it still currently has project condor there is talk of it being a four-player pve similar to like uh back uh, bound for blood or yeah, left for dead blood, yeah. so, uh, stuff like that yeah so i think in that i think that makes sense yeah that but makes sense i can't imagine a pvp control i think that i don't know maybe i'm just being off guard here but i just i can't imagine what that would be people smarter than me will figure it out obviously but <laughs> i don't know i can't see that uh toby what do you reckon the multiplayer control would look like i just don't think it would be interesting to play i mean this is me you know i'm against most multiplayer games anyway but yeah control the, the strengths of control for me were the single player you know interesting single player storyline the, the you know you get you get a lot of interesting powers and such that you can use but again like you say they're kind of used on they're used on you know npcs and, and enemy characters and, and the hiss and things it would it would be tricky to use them against um other players in a way that you know felt playable and and satisfying and and, and fun to play i mean in a way, it's you know you, you've got a lot of um, what's the le- you know levitation control and stuff such, don't you? So um, it might feel a bit like a sort of you know anthem to to say the worst thing it could be. Oh um, God! Yeah, it, it it could go that sort of you know rocket packs and um, you know throwing psychokinetic powers at people. I mean, I've just played like I said, um, Scarlet Nexus, and that had some brilliant psychokinetic co- combat in it, which is actually even more visceral in a way than than control. But then control has a way that makes it much more feel also, you know, sort of realistic. And and um, I know it's still telekinetic powers, but it still felt very real. Um, it's a difficult thing to see in multiplayer. I think you're absolutely right. It's uh, I'm, I'm far more interested in that second control project. You know, if they need the money from the multiplayer one in order to make a second big budget single player, then cool. Go for the multiplayer one. I won't yeah. bother. And then I'll be down for the second one that's proper. Oh, uh, if we get if if it comes out, we're playing it together, Tobes. Okay. Oh hell yeah, we are. Just like all of the things we promised. All to play. of the other games that we said we played together. <laughs> uh, Miles, what's your history with Control? Do you agree? Do you see a a way that there could be a multiplayer angle for Control? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit more excited on this one. Um, I played Control. I think it was the beginning of this year, and literally. I think a month after I finished it, they released the Ultimate Edition with the PS5 upgrade, and I was like, brilliant, cheers for that. Um, <laughs> I think so, anyway. And I went back and I actually, I bought the Season Pass like a year ago, and um, I went back and finished the DLCs too and thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, I think there's actually quite a lot of options. It's just what they can do well. I think, like Toby and Kat have touched on, you know, if they're going to go with a, a kind of a, a 5v5, you know, Rangers versus Hiss scenario, then that's just going to be really bland and uninteresting. And I don't think anyone's going to really care. But I think if they did a bit like Kat was saying, you know, she mentioned like the asymmetrical aspect, there are some really powerful Hiss kind of later on in the game. 
And I think actually there could be something around, you know, having like a really powerful Hiss kind of leader. And then you can have like NPC like support and then you're up against like a team four. It could be like an evolves kind of type of game. Um, but then you could like the Hiss of quite a diverse like range of abilities. And I think you could have like two kind of teams um, and the Hiss have already got kind of classes, you know, some can levitate, some are long range, some are short range. Um, I always think back to those pain in the ass things that like the spears or the balls that would just roll around the map towards you and you couldn't kill them. You just have to like oh, float yeah. around them. They were a nightmare. And I can imagine like middle of a match, like the Hiss like special ability is that they can just throw one of those into the match and you'd be like, oh crap. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential there. And with the powers, you know, they can set classes where you get like specific powers for specific classes. So you have to kind of, you know, if you're in a team of four, you'll have to kind of synergize well. Um, I can see it being very similar to Ghost of Tsushima's kind of co-op mode where you kind of have four different classes and the idea is that you try and synergize and kind of work together to try and do it. Um, yeah, I'm quite excited. I think if it does release and if it does look good, I'll I'll probably pick it up. I think like Toby, I'm also much more excited by the second project, which is a longer way off because I really enjoyed the world of control and it's kind of mysterious kind of storytelling and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But I think multiplayer wise, I think if they can crack it and get a mode that works really well and focus on that rather than spreading themselves too thin, trying to make a bunch of bland modes, I think it could be something really, really good, but they need to find that that niche that it's going to get really well. Mm. Yeah, that is the interesting thing, isn't it? It's that finding that right balance of what control could be as a multiplayer, but also making it fun and making it enjoyable. Yeah. And that's that that is the, the fine line that it's currently treading is yeah. I mean, you've brought up some good points. There is there are there are ways it can go. I just hope that it uh hope that it works out because you know, again, as Toby said, it could lead to a bigger control game. They didn't specify it being control two, which I find interesting. They they just said a bigger budget control game, like a spin-off of some yeah. kind. They tend to work on like singular IP, don't they? And then they kind of mm. tie it all into the same universe. Um one of the expansions ties into Alan Wake um quite yeah. very closely. Um so yeah, they Ooh. like to synergize it all up together. Indeed. Uh Sean, do you want to round this out? Have you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, it's gonna be a battle royale game. hundred yeah! Jesse Fabians. Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Please don't do this to me. <laughs> Please don't. I I saw this news and the first thing that popped into my head was how cool would it be to have a uh, like back for blood, laugh for dead style game, where you are a team of people going out to altered world events to try and get items back, because we already know that like during the game you have to pick up some of them and they'll have wacky situations. And I just thought that would be a really cool situation, and I hope that's it. I hope they don't try and do. There is no situation where multiplayer makes sense for control. It, it, like it, it just it just feels bad like having hiss versus players crap the only way that works is if you are a singular hiss and you can like say you've got to set up protections for an, an altered world item and you, you know you've got a you, you can control the battlefield from overhead or whatever as the hiss because the hiss is like you know everything that's so, what i mean by like asymmetrical like you get to be the hiss or you get to be the other one and you can like decide which side you're on because i think that would actually be a really dynamic play yeah that's the that that to me is the only way that it makes sense because having one person plays that like 
as a Hiss trooper and alongside four other people as a Hiss, it just it, that is boring as hell. And I just don't see Remedy doing that. I, d- I think Remedy have got too much creativity to, to go with that. They might go with the like asymmetrical idea. I don't think they'd have had like a singular Hiss against a team of humans, but I think they would have a person being able to do the battleground, like Kat said, like an asymmetrical where you know you oversee a battleground and you can affect things, etc. But I just mm. hope, I hope it's a four-player squad, third-person shooter, where you're out in the world and you are trying to track down items of power, because that would be freaking amazing. That does sound cool. But well, we, have, uh, we have had it confirmed by Kat that Control is a FPS. So let's... Uh, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, it's let's, just uh, let's move that along. It's person mode confirmed. <laughs> no! <laughs> Don't bully me! <laughs> Uh, nice one. Right then, uh, let's uh, crack on with our favourite things. And this week we're talking our favourite remakes. Uh, so we're going down the uh, the list of things that have been remade or rebooted in some form. Games that we used to love that have come out once again in shiny, shiny forms. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about our favourite ones. So I'm going to kick this first to uh, Only Cats. Recommendations. Yes. My recommendation No, is... no, 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 no. What? Our favourite things. Our favorite things. Oh my god, I'm so did, stupid today. Did you oh, not I listen to shouldn't. a single thing I, I did. Said. I did. Do you know what? I did. And this is this is how you can tell that I'm still not with it. But next week I'll be on my top game. I will be. I'm going to win the quiz next week. <laughs> no, our favorite things. So favorite. So we were allowed reboots as well because I was cheeky. Yes. Um, <laughs> and um, I am going to pick Tomb Raider. Um, I'm not going to pick Spyro because obviously I'm going to talk that dragon to death one day. Um, but yeah, so obviously the 1990s was full of Tomb Raider and then lovely, lovely Nascari Nix came in in 2013 and rebooted it. Um, and some people argue that, you know, they don't like it. They prefer the originals. They would have preferred remasters. They would have preferred um, just, you know, just remakes of the of the original. And I completely agree. I think that, um, well, I don't agree because I love this. I love this series. Um, but I agree that they should do that. That should be on the pipeline. Um, but they're just amazing games. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that are different with the Tomb Raider games, you know, versus the 1990s one, i.e. they're a lot easier than, say, walking through Venice, trying to find out where the bloody hell your trap door is that you just flicked a switch on. Um, but yeah, they're stunning. They are incredible. They're so immersive. I think Rise is personally the best. I think the second one was uh, kind of peaked there, but Shadow is still incredible. Uh, people think that it's the end of Tomb Raider, that actually they're not going to make any more, that the development has stopped and they're going to put it on ice. And they probably have put it on ice for a while, but Square Enix have stated um, that Shadow of the Tomb Raider is the finale of her origin story. But that's the most important thing to note here is the language origin story, um, as opposed to the finale of the Tomb Raider series. So many people have speculated that the next game will then be a remaster because that follows on from where she is. She'll be back at the house, she'll be back in the manor and then, you know, goes from there in, in a cave fighting dinosaurs. But there's just something so special about when something comes back. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. I, don't, I guess that's what nostalgia is, isn't it? Is that you play this game, you love it. And especially when they bring something new, like we were, I think we've talked about this with Crash 4 before as well, where you have everything that, that you love about the game and they just create this, this newness to it. So 
I don't know why Tomb Raider actually has my heart through and through probably more than the dragon uh because it's the game that I really started on uh, it's a game that I watched my dad play as a kid um and so that's the, the game that kind of made me fall in love with games and so in my 20s when that then gets rebooted and you can play it all over again and it's not the same but it's you know you, you kind of you make it your own because it's a completely different game that's really cool so mm. I hope they never stop making Tomb Raider, just like they've never stopped making Bond films. This should be <laughs> the, the, you know, the Bond of gaming, um, Tomb Raider. I, I personally believe that no one can ever really get bored because there's so much you can do with her. She's a badass. She is the baddest of ass, you know? The baddest um, of ass. The baddest of ass, Tomb Raider, you know? And yeah, so what can I say? I th- think that's my, um, thank you for coming to my TED talk about how amazing <laughs> Lara Croft is. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. Yeah, awesome. No, that's a that's, that's a great choice. Um, I agree. I think Rise is the best of the three. Yes, for sure. yeah. I did. I recently I replayed them all uh, this year, uh, just because uh, my trophy count was a little bit low on it, and I was like looking at it like, oh, that makes me feel bad. <laughs> I know. Um, but one of them, I think it's I think it's Rise has like a thousand billion DLCs, and I really want a thousand one day. billion. Yeah, they do. They have like wow. flipping a hundred billion. Um. And I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to buy them all and just whack it all out in a week. And that's, but I don't like the time trial stuff. I just, that really just irks me. But mm. I'd like to just see all the DLCs because I reckon it'll be such great environments. And I reckon they'll do it, they'll do it really well. And I think it's great that they made that. But yeah, Rise is definitely the best. Um, Shadow's great if you don't like combat because it's more exploratory. They all have their own kind of peaks and troughs, I think. Yeah. Um, I think the first one's a bit clunky in combat. I locked myself out of the Platinum in the first one, actually, because I missed conversating with one person right at the end. And I could not be asked to play it. I will probably go back to it one day, but I could not be asked to play it for a third time (laughs) after just doing the second time. And I tried to make sure so hard that I conversated with everybody. And I got to the end and I was like, why hasn't that trophy popped? And I forgot to speak to Jonah. Apparently, you have to go back to Jonah at, like, you have to go back to somebody, then go back to Jonah, then go back to somebody, then go back to Jonah. And I didn't do it. So I softened my lot myself. And I was like, well, that's cool. Never mind. Oh, man. That sucks. Oh, no. But yeah, so that's my favorite thing. Nice. That's the last thing. I played uh, through Shadow of Tomb Raider. I played for it late. So I got the Ultimate Edition and I got the, oh, nice. I, I unlocked the OG Lara Croft skin. And nice. so I played through Shadow as, as, yeah. as old Lara and yeah, it was just it's, hilarious. It's banging, isn't it? Because it's so like <laughs> the like adjustment to the environment to her is like <laughs> it's like the game is so beautiful and then like PlayStation One era Lara Croft turns yeah. around a corner and it's like, oh god, this is hilarious. It's like um, when you uh, have the Spider-Man thing when you're in a suit and it's all like pixely. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a great shout for of uh, Chris's Dynamics to add the to add the old different skins and stuff. Uh nice one. Uh, Sean, what's your favourite remake? So I have two, uh, but they are linked together. So okay. it is the Secrets of Monkey Island Special Edition. Uh, of course. Monkey Island 2, The Chuck's Revenge Special Edition. Um, these are two of my favourite games. Uh, the, uh, my top ten would be Monkey Island and then Monkey Island Special Edition. They are some of the best point-and-click adventures ever made. It doesn't matter how many times I play them, I still enjoy them. And these... Uh, remasters remakes whatever you want to call it they basically brought the entire series uh, to another generation of gamers and uh, they are brilliant remakes you know they they incorporate the original art style so you can flip between the two but they 
bring it in line with an art style that um, Telltale were using for their their Monkey Island series as well. So it's it's a great remake and um, some of the best games that I've ever played. And uh, you, you might not know that. <laughs> it's not that I don't mention this game. No, you haven't, you haven't mentioned it like uh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you haven't played it, the, the, the special editions, I think you can play them on, like, I think it's PS3 or PS4. But it's it's definitely worth a go because they are great. And they are my favorite remakes because mm. they're some of my favorite games. There is a wonderful Monkey Island Easter egg in the CFD's Pirate Life. You kidding? Oh, I'm not kidding. Really? Oh, really? <laughs> oh, well, there we go then. There we go. I'll see you on the Sea of Thieves. I'm logging off the podcast now, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I shouldn't have mentioned that before. Uh, Toby, your favourite remake? My favourite remake is from last year. The 20 years in the making Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, I called it's it. literally got the name remake in the title, which is unnecessary and uh, means that every other one since then is going to have to say Final Fantasy VII remake part two or something i think the title is terrible um so the what what i think is so cool about that one is clearly a it was my favorite game so thanks sean's reason it was pretty much my favorite game final fantasy 7 um ever and then to hear that it was finally being remade i kind of want a lot of the final fantasies to be remade personally but um that one was the one that you know we'd all been after for uh you know 20 years at that point when it was announced um it's what they did with it though is something that i don't think i've ever seen in any other remake so the is as you know as everyone on this podcast has gone through you know pretty much all of it as far as i'm aware the the sort of wraith like creatures that that roll around and try and stop you and change different parts of the timeline as you go through and you're remembering ah oh, this is what happened in the first one and then it happens slightly differently but then the wraiths get in the way or someone dies and they bring them back to life or they stop you from reaching something just in the nick of time because you know that if you reached it you could stop how the timeline would actually happen and that timeline editing characters and um you know it, it's like the most impressive way of remaking something i think i've ever sort of seen from a from a plot perspective from a from a writing uh, uh, an interesting way of reliving a story you know back to front and everyone has played a dozen times if they're you know from from that if they're into the games that I was into at the time um it's it's just amazing to sort of relive it but relive it in a new way relive it somewhere that's you know if they'd remade exactly the same game and they just updated the graphics I would have been happy but I think what those arbiters of fate do is that they make it fresh and they make it new. They make it so that I don't know where the story is going to go anymore. And I am like, okay, I already know it's my favorite set of characters and my favorite world and my favorite magic system there's ever been in a final fantasy. But at the same time, I now don't know exactly where that story is going to go. And I, that there are still incredible moments to happen in part two and part three and potentially a part four. And they keep saying things like it might be an open world or that it, it might dramatically verge away from what the originals um, were were about and what, what's, what story was in them. And I'm like, all right, go for it. At the moment, based on, based on what you did in number one, I'm, I'm confident that it will be something incredibly interesting. I still think they will go to all of the 
basic locations and I still think the basic story beats will still happen. But if they want to go off on one in all sorts of places around that, then I'm down for it. And I think it's just, that's, uh, as I say, it's just the most impressive way of tackling a remake. Um, you know, you can have a remake like Shadow of the Colossus. It's just a remake. It's brand new, it's all shiny, but nothing's been changed. Nothing's been updated and it's not brand new in that respect. So I just think it's something that's so ambitious. Um, I'll leave it at that. It's uh, it's just, just just that, just in a, in a world of remakes and sequels and all these things that we get, it's amazing to see someone sort of just break the fourth wall and and have such an ambitious way of tackling a remake. Mm. I don't think it's a sequel. Don't think it's what? I still think it's a sequel. Oh yeah, you can you can totally argue that it may, that it's a sequel based on the timeline problem. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I hope to. Does that mean? Does that mean I'm? I, I can't bring it into this conversation. No, 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 absolutely no. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I I I really want that to be happening now. I, yeah. I want it to be a sequel. So, I know they keep calling it a remake, and it's like, I feel like it is a remake, but also in like the next episode if it turns out that there is like a massive divergence from the storyline because it is a sequel i'll be just like fucking well done square enix yeah yeah i'm, 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 I'm down i'm down for it happening i don't mind if it goes off on one completely differently um but as i, say, I still think they will visit the same places and you'll still have the same basic stuff happen um just mm. with loads of other stuff on top just you know sephiroth going completely crazy with his timeline changing nonsense. Yeah. It, it was going to be my choice, actually. Um, <laughs> but, but then I thought, I really thought about it. I thought, I haven't played the original. So how do I, it can't be my favorite remake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what the difference is, only visually, but in terms of story and in terms of, you know, plots and character progression, I don't know what, I don't know what the differences are. I've written a lot of articles about it if you want to read them. I have, and I've read them. And, <laughs> and they're wonderful. And I've written extensively about Final Fantasy VII Remake myself. I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, but I, I loved it because I went in not knowing anyone or anything and just kind of played it as a game on its own. And it was tremendous. But yeah, I didn't know if... I, I couldn't call it as my favourite remake because I didn't know what the difference was but the original, if you get what I mean. I know what I mean. I do. I know what I mean. Okay. Have you got I, a backup? Pardon? Have you got a backup? I have. I'll go into it in, in a second. Uh, Sean, sorry. I was just going to say, I own the original one on PS4. Should you want to... Oh, you did, didn't you? You just streamed like the first half an hour of it and just... Yeah, I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will get into it a lot more. It's also on Game Pass. It is available to me quite easily. So one day I'll get around to it. Oh, man. I know. Please, one day I'll get please. It. I know. The, the difference know. between playing it when you when you know it from twenty years, like like um, Kat was saying about nostalgia, like those moments when you see the Shinra Tower or you see Midgar coming in, and you're just overwhelmed a bit. To be honest, to when the first time you play mm. that, like the, the I welled up like looking at that on the trailer when it first came up. So it, it's that you know, I, I, it's interesting that you you see it in that different way. Um, but I really don't think going back to the, you know, the, the 1997 version now, I don't think it would help. I don't think it would do it for you because it's, it's just so old school and it's, it's quite hard to get into. And it's, you know, 
based on modern sensibilities and modern gaming standards, you'd need a guide half the way through mm. to get any of the good stuff. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a bit of a needs a remake game. Think. Yeah, needs a remake of the actual original, which is what that one, uh, the the mobile looking one, looks like. That one actually yeah. looks like a remake of the original game. Yeah, it needs a remaster, I, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> Square Enix make a remake and a remaster. Thank you very much, uh, Miles. Your remake. Yeah, so Toby's already kind of <laughs> made mine sound very disappointing, <laughs> but mine was Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's kind of been dumped on a little bit already. What absolute trash. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's just, just, just a remake though, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, it is quite disappointing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, for me, when I played the original Shadow of the Colossus back on the PS2, I was quite young and I don't really think I actually understood what I was doing or why I was doing it. And so when I kind of finished the game, I thought it was cool and it was, you know, a fun game and whatever. But the fact that I thought it was a fun game kind of showed that I just didn't get it. And so when Bluepoint, um, you know, released the proper remake of it and it came in all its kind of full glory, I was like, cool, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to see if it's as good as I remember. And it really kind of hit me. I was like, Jesus Christ, this isn't just a fun time. I remember this being, I'm not just killing these giant things anymore um, because the game is like, obviously really melancholic and very somber and its tones are actually really dark and as you're kind of taking down these colossi and you're kind of defeating them you're thinking oh you know you're overcoming these massive beasts you know how cool is that and the game at the end just makes you feel like absolute shit for doing it and narratively i was like oh damn this is a lot deeper than i ever thought it was and it just looks gorgeous like it plays beautifully um and what i really liked is obviously as you guys know i'm a big fan of kind of soundtracks and games and stuff it just doesn't really use that much music. It's really kind of light in terms of its soundtrack and its kind of tones and stuff. And when it does use it, it's to really good effect. And yeah, I just got to the end of my time with it. And I was like, I'm so glad that they remade this properly so that I went back to it and played it through again and actually understood what it was going for and what it was trying to say and what it was trying to show. Because you can see way back when they didn't obviously have the massive budget because there's very little dialogue. There's very little kind of story outside of its themes and what it's just subtly hinting at um and so yeah i was just really happy that kind of like toby said it was just a remake and actually that worked perfectly for me because it made a game which i remembered in a very particular way totally come to life when i played it through the second time now that i'm older and i can actually you know comprehend adult themes and actually make sense of things so yeah that's why i picked that one funny story my eight-year-old played the remake of Shadow of the Colossus. And he went through exactly as you might expect, you know, killing off these monsters, celebrating each one. And then he got towards the end and he walked into the bedroom and goes, Daddy, you know, in, in Shadow of the Colossus, are you the bad guy? And I was like, this kid gets it. That is some <laughs> level of empathy. That is. that is empathy I did not have as a kid. <laughs> this kid gets it. He looked genuinely upset at this point. He was like, oh, yes. And I, I kind of, you know, I could see he was getting it because each time, like, you kill one of them, the darkness goes into you, and you know, you're like, and he's like, are we the bad guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, bud. Yes. Well done. This kid's, like, unreal. That is impressive. Genuinely impressive. And it's even, like, the further in you get, like, if you look at, um, I think it's Wonder, his name is, if you look at his skin and stuff, it starts to go like this real pale blue and you start to get, like, this, like, aura of darkness around you and your eyes change. And it's really subtle things that 
most kids myself included just don't pick up on and yeah no that's impressive <laughs> well, the thing is like it, that that game is is impressive for everybody because there is that sort of storytelling but also there is there's giant monsters to kill yeah it's like and everybody can enjoy this game whether you take it in or not do you know what i mean it's like whether you take in the subtleties or you don't mm-hmm. you're still getting something out of it and it's yeah it's damn good remake too damn good remake yeah it's best of both worlds and i just i can't remember which one it was but there's that one um colossi who's not even bothering anyone he's just wandering around having a good time whatever and you literally just start climbing on his back and he's all cool and then you stab him in the head and i was like oh my god i'm such a monster why am i doing this (laughs) and then i got to the end of the game and i was like why did i do this to myself (laughs) oh such a great game we have to play it again thank you files for inspiring me oh I'm glad you appreciate it, unlike Toby over there. <laughs> I, I, love, though, I, I absolutely love that game, and um, everything you've said about it is true. I just don't think it was the ambitious remake that I was trying to make a point about with the other game. Yeah, um, it, it's like you say, it, it's remade it exactly as it needed to be, and it was probably pretty much perfect when it started, so it didn't really need it. And in fairness, I think the Final Fantasy VII remake was my game of the year for last year, so can't really argue with yours mm. either. That's what Blue Point do, though, isn't it? I mean. I don't. I haven't played Demon Souls myself, but Demon Souls seems like a pretty much copy and paste job as well. It's, it's absolutely yeah. glorious. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I, I I absolutely see that it's amazing, but it is a pretty much a shot for shot remake of the original. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Blue Point do. That's what that's what they're going to do with Metal Gear Solid as well. I imagine. I was going to say, like, before my answer, I was going to say, well, my answer is kind of future-based because if they are remaking Metal Gear Solid, that is going to be my, like, game of the year for that year, and that is going to be my favourite remake of all time because I absolutely... Metal Gear is, like, my series, like, my favourite games ever. So if they are making that, then rescind my answer because that will be it. How How do we change ports on a PS5? How do we defeat Psychomantis with a PS5? You'll have to fake it where you have to like change to a PS4 or something. <laughs> You're going to have to complete it on Game Pass. You imagine if you bought the digital copy and they're like, oh, look for the code for Merrill on the back of the box. And it's like, um, I don't I don't have a box. There is no box. I didn't have a box anyway. I got a parity copy. <laughs> you have to just what look it up do? online. What are you going to do when you bought your PS5 with only one controller as well? Oh... Damn. Maybe you just have to turn the controller off. Yeah. How are you going to beat him? <laughs> Maybe you have it. to do some kind of uh, something with the haptic triggers and go do some kind of rhythm sequence. <laughs> you have to like hum along to the mantis hymn as it's you playing can't even in the background. Plug yeah. it into the other port. There isn't another port. No. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you've got to flip the PS5. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever way it's standing currently, change it. Yeah. Throw it in the air and catch it. <laughs> Just restart your PS5 and try again. I see oh, you restarted dear. your PS5. That will not beat me. <laughs> I see you flipped your, your memory, PS5 like. over. Nice try. That will not win this match. Oh, dear. What's mine? I mean, mine was going to be FF7 Remake because it was just superb. But again, I've explained why it isn't. Uh, so I went for The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, uh, which appeared last year or the year before on Nintendo Switch. And it was just phenomenal. Um, it, it was a little bit patchy at, at, at the beginning. There was a lot of frame rate issues uh, running on a Switch. But 
it was just gorgeous. I remember playing that game a lot when I was a kid and to play a version of it in full color. But look at it. Like the visual style was kind of like a, there were like figurines. It was like a model village. And you were able to explore it with Link and be able to unlock instruments and unlock the puzzles in this really gorgeous looking world. It was just so beautiful. And Link was so cute. It was just such a fun place to be. And I played, I played through that pretty much in maybe a weekend. I couldn't put it down. I really loved that that old school Zelda gameplay, but I still kind of stand by the fact that I think it's the best looking game on Switch, just purely because the, its visual style was unlike anything else I'd ever seen. And that was such a Nintendo way of doing it. And it was wonderful. And if you haven't yet played it, I highly, highly recommend it. It's it's a better Zelda game, I think, than Breath of the Wild. I'm just going to say that out now. And I think it's well worth a look if you want something that's very old school, but looks tremendous and has no real kind of modern gameplay mechanics. It's just a real classic remake in a very blue point kind of way. It just looks gorgeous and it plays really well. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just superb. So that was my choice. Good choice. Thanks. I only played 10 minutes, but I enjoyed what I played. Oh, I loved it. It was uh, absolutely superb. All uh, right then. Cat, now it's time for recommendations. Cat, you out there? Cat, you okay? Cat's recommendation time. <laughs> oh, shoot me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can go first if you like. Thank you so much. Um, so my recommendation is uh, something that's probably hit Gen Z, millennials, all that jazz, TikTok, whatever, quite quick, but actually it's worth every single piece of credit that it's getting, um, which is Bo Burnham's Inside Special on Netflix um that's what i'm gonna recommend it's an hour and a half comedy special um and bo burnham obviously he quit comedy for about five years uh because of panic attacks he was having panic attacks on stage and um then he decided that actually he was gonna start again he went to get support and uh he was like yeah i'm gonna give comedy a go and then coronavirus happened and so this this special is is all about living alone in isolation and he writes all these songs and his comedy is mostly through song I have a tremendous amount of respect for anybody who is vulnerable to mental health and shows it when they're in the public eye and not in that weird kind of like, look at me and look who I endorse and, you know, give me all your money and make me sad. I'm not going to make loads of money off of it. Not in that kind of way, but like you can actually, he produces, writes, made, you know, created this special completely alone. It took him 12 months. Um, And I think what's really special about it is not only the songs, hilarious but they're hilarious in that kind of satire way because they're so true um and not only do you see kind of the you know the big shiny project of this this comedy special you see the in-between as well you see the the kind of the little snippets in between of him making I don't know if anyone's seen it um you see the the in-between yeah how did you find it Toby um, I recommended it to Russ a few weeks back. Did you? See, yeah. yeah. So I, I really just really good thought, fun. Yeah, really it's yeah, it's. I say it's, fun. I appreciate it's about mental health and things, but it some <laughs> yeah. some of the some of the songs are hilarious. Hilarious, so fun, and you know some of the songs have gotten a real kind of reputation. On, like, I first found it from TikTok, and then I was like, oh, this is getting a lot of credit. But is it because people are twenty one and they love it? And then I watched it, and I was absolutely blown away. I was like, do you know what? Actually, he deserves every bit of respect because to make that all by himself over 12 months, create it, write it, you know, perform it, do all the lighting, do incredible. So if you haven't watched it, give it a good go because 
yeah the songs are hilarious and it is about living inside you know a lot of people will relate to it a lot of people will you know and a lot of you you'll see when people talk about it like why is Bo Burnham you know my whole life why is that inside documentary my whole life and um yeah so definitely give that a watch that's my recommendation and yeah I did it yay Ross yay <laughs> we got I'm some a- recommendations <laughs> I made an album by my by myself in isolation god I don't get this kind of fucking credit do I my god that's because Bo Burnham was good <laughs> Miles, you're probably not the most hated one now. I think, I think I've just been eclipsed, and I'm really glad. I think about it's Sean. <laughs> uh, I'm going when you write a banger that's as good as White Woman's Instagram, I was gonna say White Woman's gonna, Instagram is the most talk. funniest one. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Dear. What's the and, one where he sings about it being all of the time, about being on the internet or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> that one. Class. A little bit of everything all of the time. That's, that's welcome it. to the that's internet. The Love that yeah. one. And then there's that lyric where it's like, um, the you say the ocean's rising, like I give a shit. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. White woman's Instagram came for every single white girl in there, uh, from eighteen to thirty <laughs> year olds. There are there are literal photos that he does in the film where I'm like, you fucker, you came for me. <laughs> you are calling me out too, and yeah, it's a good trend, but great show. Is Ross going to talk to us? That's the thing. Can I do my favourite thing? I wonder I if he's being silent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My recommendation is... <laughs> my recommendation is Ross's album, which is really good. Walking home I... from nowhere. Yeah. That, that was Made a bad shitty joke. <laughs> There's a serious redemption art going on here. Damn, it's Sean. It's too soon. Damn. <laughs> uh, uh, I liked your new one, actually, Ross. I, was, uh, I listened to Codeine the other day. Oh, thanks, man. It was nice. Yeah, I like Bo Burnham's Inside too. <laughs> Daddy made you your favorite open wide. Yeah, it's good stuff. Sean, the fuck is your recommendation? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be funny, and then I realized it probably went too far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a quite lighter album. Yeah, I know you did. It's a weird thing. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, my recommendation is something different. It's called All Elite Wrestling. So I am a closet wrestling fan. Uh, Not so much closet now because I'm talking about it in a podcast. I used to watch wrestling as a kid and I was convinced it was real. And my dad kept telling me, it's fake. It's fake. And then eventually I grew to an age where I realized that it was fake. And that these people weren't just doing stupid shit to each other that you could possibly stop just by not running across the ring when somebody shoves you in that direction. Anyway, like speed on like 20 years and this new wrestling company starts called All Elite Wrestling. It's got some characters in that I remember from my childhood, uh, like Sting and Chris Jericho, but it's got a lot of these younger kids who are thirsty for like to be recognized. And this wrestling company has grown massively in the last two years they are probably going to come to the UK uh, at some point in this year. But everyone who watches it understands that wrestling is fake. And it's a show now. It's not It's not a like a, everyone's trying to pretend to have a fight. It's a show. You know, it's just an entertaining gymnastic battle. And there is a tiny little bloke called like Marco Stunt who does a floss. Um, most of them are gamers. And it's just a really, really entertaining time. 
AW Dynamite is on ITV4, I think it is, and ITV Hub every week. And if you get a chance, go and give it a watch. I watch on Fight TV every every Thursday morning, and they have a YouTube show, All Elite Wrestling, Mondays and Tuesdays. I genuinely cannot talk about this company enough because they have really got me through a pandemic. <laughs> so, you know, this is what I do when I'm not playing games. I watch people <laughs> throw themselves to the ground. And... Um, it's genuinely entertaining. It's it's not it's not insulting like WWE is to your intelligence. Mm. Um, it's just a different type of wrestling. Cool. I have so much respect for people that found out wrestling was fake and continued to watch it. Because when I was a kid and I found that out, I took it to heart and it really hurt and I never watched it again. Yeah. Like, I, I remember the, the moments that I realized it was fake because one of the first matches I ever watched was Vader versus Kane. Vader oh. was this huge, hairy, fat guy. Kane was like flames. They looked like the two scariest men I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And in this match, Kane hit Vader with a wrench, right? And in my brain, it killed him. Yeah? Sure. In my memory, he was dead. Like, 10 years later, when my dad was like, it's fake. You need to stop watching it. You need to grow up. I rewatched that match. And the, the wrench is covered in foam. It's like, it's like a gimmicked wrench. That you know, you could throw at my head and it would bounce off and wouldn't hurt anybody, and it killed it for me. But like I say, that coming back to wrestling after the after these years, it's not the same as I remember. It's it's a just a, it's a show. It's like you've got these incredible athletes doing stuff that like literally any of us would die doing every week. Yeah, and they have genuinely good characters telling interesting stories. There is a, a two year like going storyline about hangman adam page the anxious millennial cowboy who has the <laughs> real stuff genuinely he's he, he started a, the, the, like there is a two-year storyline of him losing two years ago and him still trying to come to terms with it and his best friend slash lover kenny omega um not just just like palming him off after he lost it's genuinely heart-wrenching like you could put it together and make a movie out of it that's how good it is and um, people have done that. It's it's genuinely good. To give it a go. All right. Okay. Maybe I will. Oh damn! I remember the days of uh, when the the Undertaker was buried. He was on. He was buried alive or something. Um. Or he buried someone. Something to do with Undertaker. Right. Yes. Yes. Man, that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, and I, so I don't think I've really fully recovered from it Wait. because the Undertaker just came back as a ghost. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it God, it freaked me out. Yeah, Paul oh, my God. Yeah, that's the Paul one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. You guys didn't realize it was fake at that point. I oh, was a kid. I didn't know. <laughs> I was just Wait. amazed and terrified he about came it. Back as a ghost, it's still real. Definitely, still you mean real. he didn't <laughs> actually die? Wow, I'm getting a lot of shade thrown at me this week. I'm not sure about this. <laughs> that, was double, that was double shade. It wasn't just you. Yeah. It was Sean as well. Right. AW <laughs> are having a casket match in about three weeks' time. Oh, my God. And okay. it's between this guy who can throw people across the ring and a little emo kid called Darby Allen who hangs around with all the guys from Jackass and does stunts with them. He's going to be oh, in nice. the Jackass 4 movie. Huh. So... Yeah, give it to watch. It's fucking brilliant. I think uh, I think our, our man Andy Mason uh, has a AW podcast, doesn't he? Or wrestling podcast? He, he talks about wrestling. I don't know if he talks about AW. I know he talks about WWE a lot because AW is not for everybody. Mm. He's um, got a um, he's got a Patreon where he discusses wrestling. Anyways, so if you're into it, go check it out. 
because um, he knows his shit. That's why we're checking out. He does. Uh, Miles, your recommendation for the week? Uh, most of my time has been taken up watching the Euros and Wimbledon, so I haven't had too much time to watch uh, or kind of partake in anything particularly new. Um, but mine is going to be the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I finally picked it up, and I'm super excited to throw myself into it all over again. I've played two and three back in the day, um, but I never played Mass Effect one because I didn't have a 360. So now's my chance to finally play it. Um, so yeah, those are mine, really. To be honest, I haven't actually done too much new. Cool. Um, yeah, talking to Andy, he did review the Mass Effect trilogy for us, so uh, go and check out his review. Oh, nice. Cool. Finger guns, dot net. I will give um, a read. Cat, I just saw your retweet about Final Destination, and I was in the car about two weeks ago behind a truck that just had um... <gasps> with the logs. Yeah. Oh my god! Every time I go on the motorway and I see log log truck, I can't. I have to change lanes. I'm like, Freaks no, the no. shit out of me every time. <laughs> <laughs> every time it never ends. Yeah, I can't that, do that. That can't fucking do that. movie. Can't anyway. Do that. Uh, Toby, your recommendation. Uh, my recommendation is kind of two, but they're very quick. Um, so they kind of, I think they kind of go together because I saw the trailers very quick after each other. Um, if you like your Souls games, um, there are two very interesting looking new Souls-like titles, um, both with glorious new trailers um, available in the last week or two. So. One of them is called Bleak Faith Forsaken, or just Bleak Faith sometimes. Um, It's scheduled for maybe the end of this year or or the beginning of 2022. Looks like Dark Souls, looks like Bloodborne. It's got some incredible enemy design and like some massive giant enemies as well that you seem to have to sort of stealthily avoid, which looks a little bit Sekiro. Um, it's, It's got some interesting sci-fi vibes in there as well as the real dark souls vibe um, so i'm really really feeling that and um also a game called solstice which has obviously got the soul in the title um solstice has a slightly anime vibe with dark souls um so again crazy looking cool battle systems and such but you've also got like a ghost that's hanging around just above your shoulder who looks like a weird white ghost anime girl um, and clearly is going to give you powers and do all sorts of funky stuff during the game. Um, but yeah, I would, if you ever at all interested in either in that genre, then um, I think they are two to keep a lookout on. Um, maybe they'll come out around the same sort of time as Elden Ring and get completely buried um, by the Elden Ring uh, goodness that will happen at the beginning of next year. Um, but I hope they don't. They look um, they look a bit like you know the ones that Greg reviewed over the course of last year. There was. Um, there was a few really good Dark Souls type games. Um, so yeah, Bleak Faith and Solstice. Cool. Uh, you, you'd imagine that they're trying to avoid the uh, I hope they the avoid January. Year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come, out, <laughs> come out just before, even if you're not ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or wait till way after. Yeah. Nice. Um, my recommendation, I've got a couple as well. Um, on Prime Video now, there's a new film called The Tomorrow War which stars uh, Chris Pratt, which we all know he's he's the worst Chris in Hollywood. We know this. But it's a nonsensical, ridiculous, stupid, dumb, very fun action movie, um, which can be watched right now. Um, it doesn't make any sense. It's absolutely absurd. Chris Pratt isn't that great in it. He's just playing a buff action guy with absolutely no redeeming qualities or anything that's actually worth watching. But the film itself as a whole is just a lot of brainless fun. So if you're looking for something similar to that, like, you know, mm-hmm. like Fast and Furious movies, essentially, but that you could watch right now on Amazon Prime, check out The Tomorrow War uh, because it's it's just a cool way to kill 90 minutes. I kind of enjoyed it. 
in its own dumb way, but you know, it's not going to win in the Oscars. And uh, my final recommendation is Wednesday night, 8 p.m., England versus Denmark on ITV. Yes. It's come, it, it's coming home. So you might as well just get in, get in line, my friends, right now. Um, we've got Italy and Spain uh, tonight. If you're listening to this uh, podcast on the day it goes up, God, what a time to be alive! And uh, yeah, England Denmark on Wednesday night, 8 p.m. ITV. It's going to be amazing. Hopefully, God. Please stop getting excited. I can't help it, Sean. I'm sucked into it now. It's too late. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't have another painful building up my you know confidence and belief in the country's team only to be smashed again i will not be happy until we are falls ahead in the last minute of the final and and, and then i will think it's coming home until that time Mm. happens Uh, okay let's get into um games are releasing this week that toby wants to play that is what this segment should be called. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to bring up the ones that uh, we've that we're doing reviews for over the course of the week ahead. So um, on July 6th, uh, when this goes live, uh, East Monstrum Knox is coming to Switch and PC after already being available on PS4. Um, that's one that I reviewed uh, back in February when it was on PS4. Um, also on July 6th, Plague Tale Innocence Whee! is coming to PS5. Yay! But if you have not played a Plague Tale Innocence in your life and you now have the chance to play it for free as part of your PS Plus membership, uh, you should do it. Absolutely should do it. It's a Cat. 10 out of 10 game. Don't worry, I'm on it. I'm going to download it tomorrow. It's a really, yeah. really good first-person shooter. You're going to love it. Absolutely. I'll play it while listening to your album. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shade getting oh. Hey, um, hey, hey, hey. I love I'm, your album. There's, there's some bangers on it. There's some bangers. There are some bangers. There are, babe. There are, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Toby. Uh, right, so, yeah. Plague Tale Innocence um, is on July 6th. Um, July 8th, uh, Crash Drive 3, which I think uh, Sean is reviewing for us, um, is coming out. Uh, what systems is that on, Sean? I haven't got them here. Absolutely every single system. Every single system. Perfect. All there you go. Too. No one can get annoyed about that. Um, July 9th sees the release of Monster Hunter Stories 2 uh, coming to Switch and PC. Uh, which is a Capcom Monster Hunter uh, RPG. And then finally on July 13th, at the very end of this week, uh, Curved Space. Um, I don't think, Miles, you played it on this system, but it's coming to Switch. Uh, yes, I did it on PS5. PS5, there we go. Um, and that's really it. Um, it's a pretty quiet week. Maybe we're getting just out of the quiet weeks, though, now, as E3 you know, falls in the rear lights you know in the rear mirror in the rear mirror yeah that's the one yeah in the rear view mirror uh yeah I've, it's going to be a quite a few weeks i think for big stuff but i don't yeah. know that july has some good stuff like we i think we did this last week what we were looking forward to in july but yeah there's still good stuff to come cool uh, what what that was a weird noise uh <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that is it for this week's podcast don't forget you can follow us absolutely everywhere if you do want Two, you can go to our link tree in the description below to follow us on all the platforms. If you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can do that as well. Just have a look. Our handles are all in the description below. If you really like what we do, hey, why not follow our Patreon for $1 a month? You can support this podcast, keep it up on its various podcast hosting services, and keep the website nice and shiny. 
But that's it. Until next week, it is goodbye from Miles Anderson. Miles Anderson? Miles Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) The disease is spreading. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, which one of us goes here? (laughs) Miles and Toby got married a long time ago. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting. We are the same person now because we're both like Neil. We just need to say goodbye at the same moment. Oh, I like it. That neither of you say goodbye. <laughs> Just stay in silence then if you want. <laughs> we don't want the podcast to end. Farewell. Goodbye from Toby Thompson. Sayonara. <laughs> goodbye from Cat Davies. Goodbye. And goodbye from Sean Bullock. Jesus. <laughs> Bye. Hey. That's literally just Kat's surname. That's just me. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually not. You've just sworn at Sean. Poor Sean. Sean Bullock. Oh, <laughs> oh God. It's very easy to pronounce my last name, Ross. I did. I said Bullock. You as did in, not. As in, as in Sandra, right? As in Sandra Bullock, not Sandra yeah. Bullock. I didn't say she's Bullock. Not, she's I not hope all left in. <laughs> we'll leave it up to the, view- the viewers. The fucking viewers. <laughs> The, 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 fucking the fucking viewers. <laughs> the fucking viewers. The fucking audience. Contempt for your audience no, there. No, 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 no. I said viewers first, and then I said fucking viewers, as in, like, I'm an idiot because I just said viewers. But I meant the listeners. Well, well listen, you know, you you listened to this back, Ross, and you said Sean Bollock. Poor Sean. All he's done is be nice today. He's done a quiz. He's done everything for you today. Oh, yeah, he's been really nice to me tonight, hasn't he? <laughs> Look, right, all you're going to get is... viewers, man. You're going to get... <laughs> And goodbye from Sean Bullock. He's going to edit it later. Bullock. Exactly. Exactly. He's got the power. Google yeah, Translate. Idea, He's just going to type it into Google Translate and it's going to be goodbye from Sean Bullock. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. Until next time, it's coming home. It's coming home. Football's coming home. We'll see you next week, everyone. 